Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Wednesday afternoon, high noon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, joined in studio by our special guest, Josh Tolentino of the Inquirer, straight from the YouTube comment sections. <laughs> To your screen. How are you doing, Josh? Oh, Zach, always a pleasure. I feel like a, a longtime uh, fanatic or WPI listener <laughs> when you first call in. First time, uh, long time. Yeah, yeah, happy to be here. Long time listener, even back to the Birds with Friends days. You guys do a great job. Right, we're talking. Appreciate that. Well, how about the digs, man? I know I know the viewers back home can't see north. Where's <laughs> north? <laughs> Neither south, can I. North is over west, there. East, yeah. but uh, what a show. What a production. Let's get it. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, lots to talk about. I've, you noticed the the high ceilings in here, and you said put a real basketball hoop in here. We'll see if Zach takes a shot this time. But you're coming off a big performance the other the other day. Two shot, two shot attempts. Well, I don't measure my shots. I measure wins and losses, right? Mm. So what I care about is how my team's doing, not how I'm doing. And if I can make plays that help us win, that's what matters. Now, you did, unfortunately, take a shot at uh, a few people before the show. You said Josh is our first in-studio guest, the first one other than Fletcher Cox, conveniently forgetting Dayniz and Coach Flynn and Sheil. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and so, unfortunately, those three have uh, have been buried as far as you're no, concerned. No, no. I, I, I'm big fans of all of them. <laughs> I was uh, I was just trying to name drop Fletcher Cox, I think, right? I mm. wanted to find a way to... To like, like, give us some cred. Mm, we that's have some Fletcher, Fletcher seat. Yeah, we have Fletcher, Yeah, this is Fletcher's seat. So I wanted to give a, uh, I wanted to give credit to Fletcher more than anything else. Some big shoes to fill. Zach, I have a quick question. Yeah, it's here. If we were, if, if you had your own pro basketball reference page, what's the the average shots mm. per game? Uh I hope not very high, but <laughs> because I don't think I'm helping my team when I'm shooting. But I would probably say, if I had to do the math, like all time. All time, like including just like oh no games? no no, I'm saying in this league. Oh, in this league, okay. Probably zero point eight because there were a few games last year when we were down on numbers. So closer to one, to shoot. closer to one, closer to one. This year, we have more scoring on our team. Um, so when I have the ball, like among the four guys on the court, it's least productive if I'm shooting. Well, let's in get into opinion. this because because you have a an extensive basketball yes. background, Josh. Tell us a little bit about what you were like as a hooper. As like what I was like as a hooper. Yeah. I mean, you know, just high school, junior college days. Yeah. Um, what was your game like? I still try to keep up with it. So, um, I mean, my background, I'm, I'm Filipino. Uh, Filipinos love basketball. You know, think of it like Eric Spolstra. Yes. You know, right. just just those those uh, vibes with hooping. But, okay. So with that in mind, um, with my culture, like, you know, I'm seated in this chair right now. But when I'm standing, I'm about six foot. Okay, that's flex. pretty. That's pretty tall for a <laughs> Filipino, and not not a flex, not a flex. <laughs> no, I, that was, bring, that was I, a joke I, on my end. Yeah. I bring this up because uh, whenever I'm basically playing in like these Filipino leagues, even even out here, I'm I'm pretty involved. Okay, um, in Philadelphia amongst the Filipino basketball community. Okay, but when I'm playing with these guys, I'm basically a center, like okay. the tallest, <laughs> you know, one of the okay. tallest people on the court. When I'm playing just regular pickup, you know, at the at the Y, you know, at the crane right here. Uh, behind the studio. Okay. I'm like a two, three. So yeah, versatility. Okay. And I what were you in? What were you in Juco? Uh, a two or three. Okay. Yeah. And we're talking like, uh, like are is zero to a hundred ratings. Are we higher on handles or, or jumper? <laughs> like what's probably towards jumping. It's having, attacking the basket for sure. Um, you're a slasher. Yeah. didn't really you're play much like, in Juco, but it felt, okay. it felt good to have that continuity of the team atmosphere for sure. And, and now what some of your readers might not know, unless they're readers of Peter King, is that you have a famous pickup game or <laughs> stories of pickup games with a, a quarterback some people might have heard of, Patrick Mahomes. Can you explain to us how you and Patrick Mahomes ended up playing pickup in Kansas City? Man, Zach, just starting off with a bang here. So Zach, <laughs> anybody who comes on, Zach will make sure that he has read everything you've ever written. No, no. All right, let's get it. So uh, a long story, and I'm going to provide all of this for context. So okay. um, this was right around um, OTAs. Like, So I had a summer internship at the Kansas City Star. Okay. Um, my very first chief's assignment. So the first few weeks of the internship, I had been doing, you know, just general assignment, uh, some Kansas City Royals, and then, you know, OTAs were starting up. So, so this is what, like 17, 18? Uh, Mahomes' so, rookie year. So 17, 17 18. 17, yep. okay. Um, Alex Smith was, um, you know, still the quarterback out there. 
Um, and I get my first chief's assignment. It was a practice, a Friday practice. Um, so I meet Therese Paler, uh, who was the, the Kansas City Chiefs yep. beat writer at the time at the Star. Um, and I remember my story very vividly from that day. It was just a the running back there, Charkandrick West. He was yeah. like a, oh, yeah. a th- third string, like a Boston Scott type uh, you yeah. know, back for that, for that team. Um, he was doing like a singing for charity. So I was just assigned like just some random story okay. for that day. Um, I also like joined, you know, the scrum for Patrick Mahomes, uh, when he held his press conference availability. I think that was his first time speaking, um, all of camp, you know, rookie pick, um, a lot of buzz around town. Uh, Hi, Josh. <laughs> great to meet you. <laughs> well, I actually didn't ask the question, you know, it, it's, it's a scrum. I'm an intern. Right. You got to know your place, you yeah. know, I, I don't know if Zach's interning, you know, you know, popping those questions, <laughs> but but anyways, I didn't. I did not ask him a question. I was in the vicinity, and the following day, my Saturday assignment was covering a uh, sporting Kansas City game. So that was mm. the MLS oh, team sure. out there, yep. and I, I went there with um, Sam McDowell, who's now the columnist there yep. for the the Kansas City Star. He was the sporting Kansas City beat writer at the time, and I went there with no assignment. Like I, I was just going there to, to assist again, an intern at the time, and. Lo and behold, Patrick Mahomes is in attendance uh, with Cairo Santos, uh, okay. the, the, the Chiefs kicker at the time. So I go down there, uh, you know, interact with them and, and put a story about, you know, how these two are at the game. Next day. So now we're on Sunday. Oh, three in a row. Yeah. So, no, no, no. So th- this was the this is the, the buildup. Okay. So um, the following Sunday, I, I had just found a church out there um, and, and also Sundays as an intern. These are like really your only days off because you're okay. working five, six days um, a week. You're grinding, chasing all mm. the stories, putting out, you know, raising your hand for anything. Oh, so yeah. Sunday's your one day off. And I, I go to this church and as I'm leaving, um, I'm about to get in my car and these, these, these group of guys uh, just approach me before, before, I, before it's time to head out. <laughs> and, the, you know, simple introductions really quick. Obviously, I was a new face to the, the, the church at the time. And they asked me, like, well, you know, so simple interactions. And then they're like, oh, do you, by the way, we're having a, a picnic uh, later at this park. Um, you know, we exchanged contact information, okay. didn't think too much about it. So anyways, I'm back home uh, at, at the place where I was living at the time, taking a nap. And I actually set an alarm for the time that they were, they were going to meet, probably like 2, 3 in the afternoon. Um, so I wake up about an hour before um, the scheduled picnic. And I'm texting the guys, and I'm like, hey, you know, can you send me the address? They send me the address, guys. It's about like an hour and 15 minutes away. Okay. And I'm like really debating, like, this is my only off day. I had covered a game the night before. I think I had a Royals thing the following day. Should I go? Um, and, but, but then they mentioned basketball. They, they were like, we're going to play basketball. Um, and, and I'm like, okay, let, let, first time in a new city. Uh, let's get after it. And so I had, I had over, again, it's about an hour and 15 minutes in Leewood, Kansas. So I was living north of Kansas City. So it was uh, way south of the city. And guys, I show up to the, I show up to the court. Um, it's the, guy, it's the, the handful of guys from, from church, like six to eight guys, right. uh, ranging from like teenage age to like, um, like 40s, 50s, um, some older dads. And... <laughs> On the, so they're on one side of the court, about six to eight guys. The other side of the court, Garrick Dieter, Marcus Kemp, and Patrick Mahomes. And at, like at, at first, I had to double take real right. quick. And, and at first, we didn't really interact much at all. So at first, it was the I, I said we had about eight guys from the church. So we played four on four on one side of the, the court, court, right? While these three guys, I, there might have been one one other guy there. Um, uh, from the team at the time, and, and it was just them four shooting around on their side. And so I'm playing with the guys from church, and none of them, no, none, none of these guys noticed oh, who Patrick was. Uh, you know, for, um, also he was a rookie at the exactly, time, yeah. probably like a month or two into town. Um, eventually, so we probably play like two, three games, and then Patrick actually walks over to, to midcourt, and he says, hey guys, do you want to play some pickup? Guys, want to run fall? In <laughs> his voice, yes, exactly like that. Um, and so we end up running a few games. Um, I think we played three games. And you know, you know, as you, you when you play pickup, you size up the the sure. other team, and you you know, based on height, that's that's who you match up against. So again, I was the tallest <laughs> one at a church where a, a lot of Filipinos, and I happened to be you know the closest okay. one to 
Uh, and also like Garrick Dieter, uh, Marcus Kemp, uh, you know, wide receiver bodies, okay. you know, s- s- think of like a Quez Watkins type build. So, right. I mean, they're, they're all pretty tall. Um, but anyways, I had matched up against Patrick for three games and the last game guys, we're up about 10 to 10 to five. Wow. And all, you know, we just need one basket and, uh, Marcus Kemp on my team just kept trying to hit a, a two pointer mm. from uh, mid range or I'm sorry, not mid range from half court Patrick's team. They come back. It's tied 10, 10. Uh, they go on a five Oh run Patrick. Oh my God. I'll never forget it. Uh, size me up. <laughs> it's a, like a, uh, a crossover spin move fade away, like from, from mid range to win the game. <laughs> right in your eye. Yeah. But, uh, just a long way to recap just that, that run in that I had very random. It's pretty um, good. From that Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, I, I imagine you scored on him too, though. Yeah. And it also, also was just enjoyable, uh, you know, interacting between okay. the games, uh, you know, both guys fresh out of college in a new city. Um, I think Drake had just dropped a new album at the time. So we, okay. we were able to, you know, have mutual interest on that. Um, he was talking about how, how it was like living away from Brittany, Brittany oh, Holmes. Okay. Cause she did not live there at there the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, relatable aspects on that front and, you know, was able to build somewhat of a relationship there. That's good. And then six years later, you're covering me in the Super Bowl. So, yeah. all right. That's right. Well, yeah, did, you get, did, did you exchange a, a knowing glance, uh, you know, after the Super Bowl last year? No, so it's, it's pre-Super Bowl, maybe the the year after, um, back when we were colleagues um, at our former company, mm. um, I was covering the Packers at the time, and they actually played the Chiefs in the preseason, um, and I was able to catch up with him then. And they hosted the the Eagles. They hosted the Chiefs. Uh, was it two seasons yeah, ago? 2021. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah, and I course. actually I caught up with him in the tunnel. So oh nice, nice. yeah. Oh, there you go. Good stuff. <laughs> Uh, Zach. Yes. Anything going on in the Eagles world? They added. They actually yeah, they, signed they, a they different signed, guy yesterday than we even talked about. Yeah. Speaking about the Chiefs. There you go. Um, they signed Darian Kennard, who was a. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. I believe so. I, I don't have my notes in front. I of like me a here. Darian Kennard. I liked him coming uh, out two years uh, ago. A fifth round pick out of Kentucky. Grew up, I believe, in Ohio, uh, and gives the Eagle. He, he was. Uh, he was cut back in the summer and was on the practice squad. For the Chiefs, gives the Eagles offensive tackle depth, and then, or he's more of a camp body, and he'll he'll play his way on. And then, how dare you? We mentioned the running back yesterday, uh, Price, uh, or what's Tyrion Davis Price? Yeah, Davis Price, Tyrion Davis Price, uh, who was with the Niners throughout the season, cut in December, was on their practice squad, and now his agency said he got the biggest contract of any player. He got a futures deal. Yeah, um, we'll see how how that materializes. But yeah, two signings by the Eagles. As they continue to kind of scour, this is their version of Trey Sermon and Ian Book going <laughs> with former players who were uh, decent draft picks and trying to see if they can have a second chance home here. Yeah, I think Kennard probably more of a guard uh, for the Eagles. Yes. Interesting player. Uh, and, you know, they, they let go to DK McDonald, so they brought in another DK. I don't think that was their thinking there, but well, I suppose... You don't know that it wasn't. I suppose that's the case. I, 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 I would bet that in the offices, in the Novacare offices, when they're having this conversation, should we add Darian Kennard? Not once did it come up that DK McDonald <laughs> went to Kansas. We need another DK in the building. Yeah. I don't think anyone thought that. I think you're right, yes. but you don't know that. <laughs> okay. If you want to push me on that technicality, sure. <laughs> I don't I don't know that. I, I, I did not text the coaches yesterday saying... Did you know that you have another DK so in the building? you can say it definitively. Yes. That's all I'm all saying. Right. Well, when I speak to the Is, coaches, Are we expecting anything else Eagles-wise before the combine next week? Yes, I would expect um, I would expect something quite soon in terms of... Uh, That's cryptic. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, what might be wow. coming down the Guys plugged here. in. So, so, we'll, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Wow. Uh, Jeffrey on line one. What could that mean? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I actually shouldn't say quite soon. Wow. Um, I... I think there. Are, I think news will pick up. I'll put it that way. I think news will pick up. Share with the audience. What I don't have that? it yet. I don't have anything. Okay. Yet. All right. Yeah. But I All think right. news will pick up. All right. Well, one thing we want to talk about, um, Eagles wise, as as we have um, sort of the the eye on what could be coming down the pike here, and and knowing some of the guys on the team that you know well, Josh, some guys you have written about extensively. One of them, as as we had in the the tease for the episode. Uh, is Devontae Smith. You, you spent you went down to Florida with him last year. You have, uh, I think, talked to him 
a good bit. You have a good understanding of, of sort of how he views his future and, and his place on the team. This is the offseason when the Eagles can sign him to a long-term extension. I'm of the opinion that the Eagles would like to do that as soon as possible. They don't want to let him go anywhere. What, what do you sort of expect on the Devontae Smith Eagles front? Yeah, Bo, I think it just feels inevitable at this point. It's not It's not really a question if, but but when, okay. uh, when it comes to uh, Devontae. And obviously, they have the um, the option to exercise that fifth-year option, I believe, the, the beginning of May. Um, but when it comes to Devontae, we know how he loves his homegrown products. Uh, he's been a smashing hit. Yep. And, and Zach, I know you love trivia. There were 10 receivers taken Ooh. in the first two rounds of the 2021 draft. Are you able to recall at least the five that were taken in the first round? Yes. Yes, I can do that. Um, Spin it off. Wow. Okay, okay. So Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, uh, Devontae Smith, uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, and then where? It's four. One uh, more. In, Had a key play in last year's Super Bowl. Yeah, and Kadarius Tony. And Kadarius Tony. Yeah, and and then in the net, yeah, yep. And then oh, you were you gonna f- do the second round as well? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'll pass. I, I mean, I I could, I sometimes conflate the twenty twenty one draft uh-huh. with the twenty twenty draft because the Eagles needed receivers both years. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I sometimes put those two together, but uh, yeah, um, I I I did pretty Michael well. Michael Pittman. Yep. Right, Elijah yeah. Moore, okay. Rondell Moore, mm-hmm. uh, Dwayne Eskridge, yeah. Tutu Atwell, and Terrence Marshall mm. Jr. Okay, yeah. So of yes. those ten, who leads the, the leads that group in most games played? Games most games played. played. Devontae's only missed one game. Devontae. So. Devontae. So Devontae's played fifty games. Yep. Uh, most games played uh, in that draft class. Uh, the third most catches. The third most yards. The second most touchdowns at nineteen. And, and you know, I'm actually th- surprised he's only third in catches. I get that he's behind Waddle, but who's ahead of him in catches? Is uh, it Waddle? Waddle, Waddle, and Jamar. Okay. okay. Um, so, so that that's actually what I was going to transition to is that I think there have been many late nights or whatever it may be. You know, we're in the elevator, leaving leaving locker room, going upstairs to the press box, and whatever city it may have been. And we've had plenty of discussions about how he could have been targeted even more. And obviously, this is with playing in an offense with AJ Brown yeah. right, the past two seasons. We can, you know, discuss even further the the um, the ins and outs of the offense, the lack of motion, um, and I think th- there's plenty more for Devontae to achieve. And I think how he sees that, and not just that. Um, I think one thing I also wanted to point out is you guys have seen this plenty, especially being in this city. Um, but star wide receivers in the NFL, yes. Sure, they're, they're some of the most talented human beings in the world, but they usually come with some frills, some drama, you know, you know, some star personalities. Yeah. In our interactions with Devontae, I don't think I personally, yeah. I certainly, I, th- I think, just speaking in general, he, he's a pretty good guy to deal with, and he, you know, he doesn't come up with any of that um, off the field uh, trouble or drama, is, is what I would put it. And I think, the, you know, Howie has to strike. Well, now, I also uh, think that Howie, sorry, Zach, yeah. has lived through enough of an experience with the Eagles when they didn't have good receivers and how much of a slog it was to, to do anything on offense that he has no interest in letting somebody like Devontae Smith go. Yeah. And, and to that point, we imagine that, that there's a decision here on, on Devontae's point as well from Devontae's side as, as well, because on 20, Five teams in the, in the NFL. Devontae is like the no doubt top receiver. And you can make an argument that he's like the top receiver on the Eagles, right? But it's it's a one and one a like they say. A.J. Brown is just, he's a special player, Hall of Fame trajectory. Uh, I mean, physically just different, right? And they complement each other well. But A.J. has this, this four-year, $100 million contract um, that was signed two years ago. The market keeps going up, right? Uh, it, I, mean, I mean, Devontae needs to do what's best for Devontae. In when it comes to the contract, and there are ways to pay two two wide receivers. What I'm curious about is, do you think that it matters to either of them how much the other guy makes, and whether you're making more than AJ or AJ's making more than Devontae because they're competitive guys who are the top in their industry? That's a, a great question, and I'll put it out there that once once they do sign Devontae. 
this is a very bold prediction. I mean, there might be some upset chatters, uh, but I think once they sign Devontae to that extension, I think AJ is an eagle for less than a season, for less than a full year. Interesting. Uh, after he signs mm. that Interesting. extension. A very bold prediction. Yeah. But And why do you say that? Just, just because the way the, the roster is constructed right now, I mean, we obviously saw the, the way that um, Jalen's deal was, was structured and a way to be flexible in terms of uh, spreading money around in, in future years. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean uh, imagine, you think you'd have two players taking up, what, like 25, 30% of... of yeah. It's hard to money. do, uh, especially knowing how much they want to pay guys on the defensive line. Um, you can't, you can't really have like four or five guys making that much money. But got to pay Landon. Got to pay Landon, and I think that might happen this offseason too. But when you have blue chip players, you don't like to see them go out the door. And it's hard to find an AJ Brown replacement, <laughs> right? Like, uh, yeah, we've talked about it on 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 the show yeah, we, that if they say. had to pick one, who would they go with? And it's it's hard to say because I mean I don't want to say it's like Howie picking between his children, but but like they are two special players, and you don't you you want to keep them both. There is you know there are cap considerations. I personally think that if you can keep both of them happy, which is in addition to the cap part of it, but if you can keep both of them happy, pay both receivers and go thinner elsewhere because when you I I think you win in the league with star power. And then you get by elsewhere. Close your eyes. And the question is, only one of the two of them is going to be on the team in two years. Which one is it? And what's your answer? I mean, uh, I would say AJ, but I mean, Devon is on the team. Yeah, but but as as Josh referenced, like receivers can be a little volatile, right? Yeah, I feel AJ's, pretty confident. AJ's that if, already been traded once. And... If, but, but to me, I just think AJ's. I just think AJ's so rare, and I would do everything to keep a guy like AJ Brown. So I feel pretty confident that if only one of them is here in two years, it's Devonte. I'm with Bo. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles do value their their homegrown guys. I think mm-hmm. Devonte. I don't want to say AJ comes with headaches, but like as like we said, AJ's been traded once before. Right. Right. So there is there has been a team that's traded that's that's decided now it, has, it it did not work out well for them. And maybe there's a lesson in that for the Eagles. Um, but yeah, Devontae would, would seem to be the one who fits the Eagles more long-term because he's a homegrown guy. Um, and if they give him that extension, like Josh mentioned, you're not, you're not playing catch-up with another deal, right? That, that's the market-setting deal. Uh, I just think AJ's so special that it's, it's hard for me to say otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Devontae, um, just, just to add on the no-frills so like the the story that you referenced, Bo, it was at the conclusion of his rookie season. Um, I had discussed with him going down there to train or watch him train. And the night before, it was a very like rough schedule of what we were going to do. Like we didn't have set times or anything. Mm-hmm. I, I just showed up the night before and was waiting to hear back. Okay. So, so I get a text uh, from him probably about not, like 9, 10 a.m. of what time to show up to the gym. He said 4:45 a.m. Nice, good <laughs> test was, of you. Though. Yes, yeah. I love that. <laughs> and and so when I when I showed up, I, I thought this is what we were gonna do um, for that the entire day. So we we're there for in the gym for about two hours, and he tells me that he's gonna have another workout in a couple hours. And we had discussed the getting a meal, um, and he canceled the meal so that he could nap um, for, <laughs> for the the two a day the two a day on field portion. Yeah. Uh, of the workout so um you know went back to the hotel met him up a couple hours later did you um, take a nap too uh, well, maybe like 20 20 30 minute nap okay. <laughs> whatever you could squeeze in um and but that's just, i'm just w- my point here is i'm just trying to add to the no frills thing and i'm sure obviously aj yeah. you know specimen i yeah. mean one of the best at what he does a hall of fame trajectory yeah. like what zach said but when it comes to and, and there really hasn't been drama with AJ, you know the no talking, yeah, type type yeah. thing. Um, you know, the removing Eagles references from his right. his page, but with Devontae, it feels like it's been very slim to none. Yeah, I mean, Play I think if you're making a if you're making a long term bet, yeah, uh, on like who's going to be more reliably hitting like their their ceiling over the next three or four years, I, I think you would bet on Devontae. We'll reconvene, Zach. 
Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't like answering that question because I, I don't want, like, I wouldn't want either one of them out the door. So of course, that's, but those are the, the practicalities of, like, running an NFL roster. It doesn't have to be, though. Like, you, you can pay two guys. You know, the, you can. I think they will this year, but I think eventually it's, yeah. it's going to be tough. Uh, it, look, the, the Bengals are dealing with the same thing right now um, with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, right? And it, the, the Dolphins might get to that point with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Tyreek Hill's a little older. But, yeah, there's a reason why teams don't have these types of, of wide receiver combinations. And that's why, from a, from a contract perspective and from a, like, um, a I guess a personality perspective, uh, probably Devonte, but because because Devonte is everything you want there. But man, like I I don't you know the Chiefs have won two Super Bowls since trading Tyree Kill, so it's not as if you need a Hall of Fame wide receiver, you know. But I would not like to be the one trading away AJ Brown because the guy who did that before got fired a few <laughs> months later, right? That's true. Well, all I got to do is get AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, and Howie Roseman together. Give them a couple Miller lights hmm. to figure things out because what's better than a gathering with friends and a couple ice cold Miller lights to make those moments even better? We're talking Miller Light, the great tasting light beer for people who love beer. A new year is the perfect time for friends, family, and a great tasting light beer. Tastes like Miller time. Did you uh did you have a Miller light? Ooh, there goes the mic. There we go. Floppy Mike. Uh, Miller Lite has that dependable taste that you're looking for. Why is it the perfect light beer for beer lovers? Well, because it's got that clean finish. It feels refreshing and easy to drink. And it's only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. It's the taste you can depend on. And it's brewed for taste. It hits different than other light beers. Simple ingredients like malted barley for rich, balanced toffee Toffee note flavors and the iconic golden color. 96 calories, just 3.2 grams of carbs per 12 ounces. Miller Time is always a good time, and it's the original light beer since 1975, and it is still the best one. We are thrilled to have Miller Light as the official beer of the PHLY Eagles podcast. Miller Light, great taste, 96 calories. Go to Miller Light dot com slash p h l y birds to find delivery options near you or you can pick up some miller light pretty much anywhere they sell beer tastes like miller time celebrate responsibly miller brewing company milwaukee wisconsin 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces there was a uh, a subscription that my son wanted over the weekend and i didn't want to i didn't want to go all in on the subscription i was cool with the trial period and so i put a little uh, note in my calendar to cancel the subscription, but what if I miss that? Then I'm screwed, or then I'm, I'm I'm in a position where I'm paying the subscription I, I I don't want. So where would I turn? Well, Rocket Money. Do you have subscriptions that you forget about, where you paid for twice and you did not realize it? Rocket Money cancels the subscription for you. That's otherwise tricky and time consuming. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I can see all my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I cancel it with one tap. I never have to get on phone with customer service, which always always can be like a big waste of time. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users, and they've helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. That's rocketmoney.com slash PHLY, rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. Julia sounded like you just cracked a Miller Lite over there. Just, I just thought of that. I was like, oh, shit, I should have waited until the beginning of that and then segued you in. It's a seltzer, though. It's not a Miller Lite. High noon, we'll, pre we'll pretend yeah. it's a Miller Lite. Um, okay, another guy I want to ask about, Josh, a, a guy who you have a, a history with, I think. N'Kobe Dean, who has been sort of a... History with. <laughs> well, you've talked to... You've, you've, yeah. you've, worked, you, you've written a lot of stories about N'Kobe Dean. You've spent time with him. Did a good um, piece last year that I, I would recommend people checking out on Inquire.com about... Um, 
you know, it, it, the tragic event in Georgia and kind of how, how that affected him. I thought it was a good piece. I'll, I'll ping pong that back to you, Zach. I didn't know Nicobe was going back to school. There you go. Oh, thank you. Found Appreciate that. PHLY. Yeah. Found that out. Yeah, thank you. There you go. Good ping pong. I like that. Appreciate it. Um, I, and the Kobe Dean is like a, is a very, uh, I, I don't think polarizing is the right word because it's still early, but, but He's a, approaching a, a, a player in focus for, for Eagles fans, right? Because he came in with high expectations and it was like, oh my God, I can't believe we got this guy. Rookie year, he doesn't get on the field. The team sort of hands over. You're the main man in the middle of the defense this year. And unfortunately, he is he is hampered by injuries. Howie Roseman goes out of his way uh, a month ago to talk about how the team believes in him as a player and a person moving forward. What are you, sort of your expectations for, for Nakobe moving forward? Yeah, and I think the context is important. We've seen historically that's a position where they don't treat well in the draft or in free agency. I think the last day two pick they spent there was uh, Davion Taylor. We know yep. how that ended up. Yep. Uh, so a lot of hype, particularly with... Uh, Nicobe and I mean he arrived here as uh the college football's best linebacker that that national championship season um right prior but he couldn't find the field and you know we, we we've discussed you know before with that season with Kaiser White with TJ Edwards I, I, looking back I think they certainly regret um not re-signing one of those guys particularly TJ um uh, kind of like a, a, a diamond in the rough uh, there with uh being a former undrafted guy uh, but back to Nicobe, uh, I mean, the injuries this past season, I th- the jury's still out is a common yeah. saying with him. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. I'm curious. Do you, did you, when he has been on the field, which has been, you know, quite limited, did, do you see the vision there? I would say that I have been a little bit underwhelmed with him when he's been on the field. But part of that is the discussion that we've been having over the past couple episodes, which is he has, an, and now it's a little bit different with Nakobe because part of the selling point with him is this guy was the guy on the Georgia defense played for a long time. He probably doesn't need as much development time, but he has not been given those on field reps in the NFL and linebackers sometimes take a little bit of time to, you know, become their best selves. And so him not getting to play as a rookie and then not getting to be on the field as much this season, I feel like probably negatively affects what he's going to be like next year. But I also think that I have no problem moving into like planning for the next season with Nicobe Dean as one of your two starting linebackers. I think that's totally reasonable. I think they just they just need a little bit more volume at that position. Yeah, I I would be honest is that if you're taking a linebacker in the third round and you're going into year three without knowing who he is, or I I should say what he is as a player, then that's problematic. And so I understand year one was because of depth. I understand year two was because of injuries, but there's no way the Eagles can argue that this is this is gone the way they they wanted because by year three of a third round linebacker, uh, for the reasons you mentioned, the Eagles don't invest third round picks in a linebacker. This this wasn't a move made with a succession plan in mind. This was a move made to get a player who can be your guy, and that's why the Eagles weren't active last year in the free agent market at linebacker because they were turning this over to Nicobe Dean. They made that abundantly clear last offseason. So this has not gotten out. It doesn't mean year three and year four won't work out for him. Uh, and there's a lot to like, especially in terms of the personality, the, the leadership, uh, the acumen. But you you can't keep saying this is what he did in 2022 at Georgia or 2021 at Georgia, rather, because – it's year three of the contract. They they need that they need a better idea of who he is right now. Yeah, and I think uh, things that you alluded to, Zach, are certainly there. His IQ, his want to, uh, but at this point, it's just still an unknown factor of what what he is as an NFL product. And just this past season, the injury history, it, he had never had uh, such a long term injury where it forced him out or forced him to be sidelined for that amount of games. Kind of a crazy injury, Linsfrack injury. I don't know if it's been reported, but the, the, that was the injury the in, yeah. sep- in separate uh, foots. Uh, from my discussions uh, with Nicobe and people close to him, they, they want to attribute it towards the equipment that was being used, hmm. towards the cleats. Interesting. Um, so he's... Wait, he, in he's, both feet? He has spent a lot of time looking at different cleats, uh, okay. from what I've heard, um, over the past uh, several weeks and months. So we'll see what he's rocking at, at OTAs, uh, you know, if he's out there. Um, but... I mean, I don't know. Outside of uh, outside of these two injuries this past season, I mean, he hasn't had an uh, yeah. injury history. He had declined surgery. 
Um, part of the reason why people say that he uh, dropped in, in terms of uh, his draft right. uh, stock coming out of college. But I also spoke to uh, people who were at the, his pro day and, you know, pro days are, are genuinely uh, overall viewed to, to make, I mean, when, when you're hosting a pro day at your own facility, right. like you're, you're supposed to look like a star. Sure. Um, and we saw what happened with Jalen Carter sure. and obviously yeah. a very different situation with what he was dealing um, with off the field at the time coming out about a year ago. Um, but people who attended Nicobe's pro day, I mean, multiple people and, you know, different organizations were not entirely pleased. And, and, you know, it's balancing that versus what they see on film. And at this point, you know, we mentioned film from an Eagles perspective, there's not much outside of what's yeah, on the practice right. tape. Just to clarify what you were talking about with the feet, you're talking about because the injury in the summer was the other foot. He got the Liz Frank after it's the two different feet, right? Yes. At the, didn't get after, it in both at, feet. It's, no, yeah, after yeah, the yeah. Patriots game, uh, I'm not sure what foot it was, but it was a lens frac. And then right. when he came back, lens frac in the other foot. Yeah. So, Got it. Okay. Which, yeah, which again, a, a cleat issue was, was discussed. The, he's revisiting his equipment choices. So Interesting. Yeah, I mean, we'll I, I, think, I think from the Eagles standpoint, they need to approach the offseason like they need to find a linebacker better than N'Kobe Dean and then hope that Nicobe Dean can be the, the number two and then add some competition there. And and this ties into something we discussed on on yesterday's show, right? That A, players develop at different timelines. I I get that. And and B, you're not gonna hit on every pick, even the ones you think you're gonna make. But from my perspective, you either by year three or year four, someone we talked about this with Cam Jurgens, you either want to know where you or you don't, right? Like you, you want to know, all right, this guy's going to be this, or this guy's not gonna be this. The hardest spot to be in is when you just don't have enough information yet. And the Eagles are in that spot with N'Kobe Dean, but they don't have that information yet. And that that goes into what Bo was just saying. It complicates your offseason plans because when you don't have the information, you need to operate as if it's not there and try to upgrade. And then if he is the player you think he is and that we think he can become, then it's almost like a bonus for you. Yeah, and, and remember how healthy they were that Super Bowl yep. season. Yeah, I mean, they, they entered... Point. Um, you know, all all twenty two starters, yeah. and uh, frankly, they were pretty healthy this year too, aside from Nicobe, unfortunately. But mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and that health, you know, obviously was a clear storyline coming in the summer. And then when they did have their first injury, Nicobe was one of them. Yeah. Um, back in training camp last year, so that kind of created the, the cloud hovering. And then you right. know he was out there week one, got injured on a play where he wasn't um near the ball, from my understanding. And then obviously missed all those games this past season. So. Right. We'll see what what's in store for him for for. What about Nicobe, um personally? Like, I just you know I spent a couple of minutes talking to him on locker room cleanout day, and and he said it was sort of an interesting experience for him being away from football, which he hasn't been for a while, um, and it helped him sort of like put things in perspective, and like it doesn't have to necessarily be the thing that his life revolves around, but he's still so highly thought of in that in that building. How do you feel like he is handling all of this? From a personal standpoint, <laughs> how you kind of summarize it here? It sounds like Anthony Rendon <laughs> from uh, <laughs> Angels the other day. I think not quite like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think uh, just rewinding uh, to earlier in the season, the first injury um, that set him out for the for those uh, first handful of games. I think he told both Zach and I that he was pushing to travel uh, mm -hmm. with the team, or, or that was something Nick Sirianni yeah. shared in one of his press conferences. And Zach and I were, were both chasing him down yeah. in the locker room uh, that day. So. Uh, to answer your question, I mean, I, the the want and the need to is definitely there. Yeah. It, it was really interesting because people kind of viewed him as a, a vet in the room just because he has that one year of experience. But that was given the lack of experience elsewhere at that position where, you know, they're signing guys like like uh, Zach Cunningham, Nick Morrow, um, who Nick Morrow, by the way, I ran into recently. Really? Uh, he's still in the area. Okay. Um, so we'll see what's uh, next for him. Great food city. So, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. You know who's not in the area anymore. It is a great food city. Yes. Um, Christian but, Ellis. Yeah, Christian Ellis. <laughs> Bo's favorite. I mean, what can I, what can I say? You know, yeah, there, there are people in the chat who want to ask you about your thoughts on the uh, sort of silly report yesterday about the splintered locker room. Uh, but I feel like we've already covered this. That's the Christian Ellis thing. And it wasn't a splintering. It was a schism. I mean, you you look at the the report. I mean, I, was that shut down quickly today? I think yeah, there's another think, report out there. I think there. Schefter said, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. feel like that's the like like the thing Zach was bringing up yesterday. Probably not not something that deserves uh, time. Uh, I, I, I mean, I mean, yet, but 
it's such a snowball effect, especially when they finish the season like what they did. I mean, when they made the change from um, Desai, I mean, so many guys expressed excitement. And then, you know, you revisit that right at the end of the season where they really excited. Right. <laughs> so what are sort of your other expectations for the offseason to come? Yeah, I mean, obviously, they've got a lot of uh, moving pieces. The three picks at, at the top of the draft uh, is really interesting because the last time how we made three picks, I believe, was uh, 2019. Yep. Yeah. Dillard, yeah. Miles Sanders, and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And the league didn't go the so well. T- was, I mean, they were, they were Howie's phone was going crazy with people texting him about how good that Ortega-Whiteside pick was. <laughs> now that, that's, yeah, that was, that's exactly what he said. Yeah. Was, uh, and it did not come to fruition, of course. That's but, okay. And even the Hurts draft the following year, outside, outside of Jalen, I mean, that, not, not a very good draft. So um, just because they have all of these picks, it's really about how they use them. I mean, in my time, just being around the team, I think the Devontae Landon draft has been his best um, draft. But it's also like the last time they had um, nine picks that they used nine picks. Right. Um, yeah. And the thing about like a, a Devontae Landon draft is – when you're drafting at the top of both rounds, like the, it should be sure. That's a good point. You, you you should be hitting on them. Like the the best draft Howie's had in my time covering him was I I I don't know if it's I, I ironic, but oddly after the Super Bowl when they didn't have a first round pick and they took Goddard, they took Sweat, they took Mylotta, they took Matt Pryor, they took Avante Maddox. Uh, but these years when it's like pivotal drafts, like the one you you mentioned, I remember writing in 2019. This is the most important draft in years for the Eagles because three picks in the top two rounds that's the position they're in this year and it, it, it's so pivotal in these situations it didn't prove that way in 2019 but because you're looking when you're at this point in in your team's cap picture you need those first and second round picks to be starters for you and if you have three you want to hit on two of them if, if, if you have three picks in the top 53 I, I think it is you need to hit on two of them so when you say they need those guys to be starters does that mean that you lean towards like drafting a right tackle of the future would be a poor use of resources? No. Um, I think in the second, you because, mean starter in the general sense. Yes, exactly. Not starter day one, but I'm saying become like core starters for your team or become key starters for your team. Yeah. Okay. I would, I would say that's a top priority, Bo. finding lanes replacement. Yeah. I think they think so too. Um, just knowing the way that, that they think a lot of feet talk on the, uh, on the show today, people, Sort of want to see you flash those uh, oh. those shoes that you have, <laughs> man. Beautiful. Yeah, that's. A, I, I mean, a lot of just talk some about slight, it. slight one, one game. I mean, Zach, will you will you admit that you are not the most fashionable person on the set right now? Yes. I mean, uh, Zach's got Zach's got some fashion. Yeah. Fashion. I mean, that, well, that, very, that, that very best yesterday. I'm a strong number two today. <laughs> yeah. You're a strong number two today. Yes. Why? I mean, come on. We're going to be honest. I'm a strong number two today. <laughs> You're wearing a jacket. Okay. What, like, what, what are you so proud of here? <laughs> this is a nice black sweater. You're wearing a jacket and a hoodie. Okay. All right. Look, I, I don't want to interject too much here. <laughs> All right, Julia, let's pull up the thing uh, that I sent you before the show. Uh, because I want to know what your reaction would be if you woke up to this. In the middle of the night, two thirty-three a.m. <laughs> yesterday, I look at my phone and I get a I yeah, get a message bad. that says, "Twitter at <laughs> Zberm followed you back." Yeah, at two thirty-three in the morning. Yeah, so I can explain what happened. Was he going through a purge? <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't explain why I, I I felt bad, and I actually thought you might bring this up on yesterday's show. <laughs> I was thankful. I I didn't know what your notification thing was was gonna be. I was scrolling Bo's Twitter. At two thirty-three in the morning, uh, and by accident, I, I clicked unfollow, and um, I was like, you know, typically when this happens, you just follow someone and you just move on with your day, right? It's 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 not a big deal. With Bo, I was afraid this was going to lead the show. This was going to be uh, like I actually in, might have. I I, I forgot about it yeah, yesterday because it was so, so many early. different directions, and literally it was an unfollow and follow at the same like. All right, I'm scrolling. What was the time difference between you unfollowing and, and following back? Oh, 30 seconds, like less than 30 seconds. It was it was right away. Wow. It was once I realized. I'm surprised the notification popped up. Yeah, because yeah. usually if you do it quick enough. Yeah. Yeah, so I was I was going through my phone like this, and as you're like scrolling, so if I'm on Bo's page, our connection. Well, why were you scrolling my page at 2.30 in the morning? And so I was clicking that, like to scroll down, and I cl- clicked the following thing to scroll down by accident. 
Uh, it was my fault. And, um, and why were you doing that at 2.30 <laughs> in the morning? To see the great content you produced. I mean, talk about like the, the biggest waste of time possible. 2.30 in the morning, you're scrolling my Twitter feed. Mikey brings yeah. up a great point. You do have to double tap to unfollow. You have to, you have to click it and then ask if you're sure you're That's unfollowed. true. So you accidentally pressed twice. Uh, I just remember I, I, I quickly did it right back. Yeah. Um, it was purely by accident. It was, there was nothing, there was no intent here. I, I feel the tension. <laughs> I mean, you think, you know, a guy have <laughs> been working together long enough. All of a sudden he's, he's finally following me back. Oh, final. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, all right. What's the next topic on the agenda? I don't know. I feel like the, the, uh, I, I can't get over the, the pride you have over this jacket. Well, this is a nice jacket. Is it, Josh, this is a nice jacket. It's a nice jacket. Thank I don't you. want to interject. It's fine. I don't know why you're so offended by this. You can get them because, back with the unfollow and follow. Like, there's no, what difference do you think you have here clothing wise? What is your, where is this coming from? But let's move on to the next topic I play here, okay? I, I admit Josh is the most fashionable one here. All right. What do you want to talk about, Zach? <laughs> uh, well, well, there's a lot, Josh. Um, so for those who don't know, before Josh covered the Eagles, uh, he covered the Miami Dolphins, covered the Green Bay Packers with the Tampa Bay Rays in, in between. Uh, but we're, we're so hyper-focused on the Eagles in this market that I am curious your perspective how does, whether it's organizationally, whether it's the fan base, whether it's the locker room, how does how are the Eagles different than the Dolphins, the Packers? Yeah, and I mean, those are two very strong fan bases, but you know how Jalen Hurts likes to say he controls the the temperature of, of mm. the room? It's, it's a saying that he, yep. he likes to... Thermostat, not the thermometer? Yes. Yeah. I, I truly feel that, you know, walking around that, you know, I live just a few blocks from here and um obviously commuting a lot walking a lot throughout the city um throughout the season that sunday's results or thursdays or, or whenever yeah. they're playing fridays in brazil that the result from that game it really does you know affect the mood of um the city and uh, the in terms of the passion and the fans i have never gotten as much emails and you know responses you know you know, virtually whether it be twitter dms um etc Email emails here are crazy um, in terms of uh, readership and uh, views. Um, in, in terms of the city, uh, you know, I grew up in, in Chicago, like I think we mentioned earlier, but um, moving back from Florida took, took some getting used to. Um, but temperature wise, yeah, temp temperature wise. Um, speaking of the Dolphins, by the way, Andrew Van Ginkle, his breakout season was actually the year that I was there. Okay. I, I think he'd be a pretty good fit. Yeah, we like if, the Van Ginkle. If, if, Vic, if Vic Fangio was trying to. You know, home pick his guys here in, in well, especially agency. if they trade, you know, Hassan Reddick or, or Josh Wett, and then, then we can ask, was the gink there? <laughs> but I, I mean, that's what we can ask. Yes. <laughs> Just uh, do you know a, that? I mean, that's a, that's a reference for a small number of people, but. as opposed to the references we have that are for a large number of people. Correct. <laughs> okay. Give your opinion, says Awog. Opinion on? I think it was the fashion. I think we can move on. Oh, I know. I'm not allowed to interject there. <laughs> Uh, what 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 do you like about a Van Ginkle? Uh, I mean, like obviously his ability to to, to rush the passer. I think his most vintage move, just just being able to watch his tape, is sort of that swim rip. But I think he's really underrated as a bull rusher. I mean, I've I've seen some um, practice reps back from that season where I mean he was going up against their 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 top um, tackles, and he, he there there were many plays where those guys ended up on their backside. Um, you know, could he do that to Elaine Johnson, uh, Jordan Mailata here, you know, to be determined if, if he were to, to come up here. Um, but also his value is, you, you know, we've, we've seen how this coaching staff or, and obviously there's been turnover this season, how they've, uh, enjoyed dropping Hassan Reddick, uh, right. back into coverage. I, I think Van Giggle would actually be an upgrade, um, in that department. He's got, he's got some, uh, pretty long length in terms of, uh, his arms and, um, but I don't know. I, I'd argue that the inside linebacker and safety is a, a much higher priority. So yeah, I think I think that's probably contingent on if if Reddick moves, basically. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Van Ginkle is always one of those guys. If you do the the searching for like the most efficient pass rushers, quarterback hits divided by pass rush opportunities, he's he's always pretty up, pretty high up there. 
Uh, if I can ask Josh questions on three different Eagles here, um, and this is continuing referencing some of Josh's stories in the past. I all, I've, I've told Josh this. I'll tell the audience. I always admire uh, when reporters you know, get access that others can't get, right? It's it's one thing to be by someone's locker, right, and have, have in-depth conversations. It's another thing to be out to lunch with them or in their home, and you were out to lunch with James Bradbury last year uh, before the Super Bowl. You were, out, you were at uh, Dallas Goddard's home, uh, Dallas Goddard and Fonte Maddox's home when they shared it uh, the day before the Super Bowl when they were getting their haircut. And I, and I, I asked about these three players because these are all three players we've talked about at different points in this show in, in, in recent weeks, James Bradbury coming off what's clearly a down year. Avante Maddox coming off two very injury-prone years with a high cap number. It's unlikely he'll be back at that number. He will need to restructure. And Dallas Goddard, as we've said, we he was not in flu world order um, because we expect him back. But he's older now than Zach Ertz was when the Eagles drafted Goddard. Then doubt Brent Selick was when the Eagles drafted Ertz. And that's a way of saying you need to start thinking succession plan. What do you think of the next, like... One month to 13 months in those three players' Eagles careers. Also, let's not short Bo here. Golfing, Kevin Petullo. Yeah, abs- absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to just talk <laughs> about stories. We've been, I mean. Absolutely. I mean, I guess when it comes to those three, uh, Avante, uh, Dallas, and, and James, and I guess we'll focus on, on defense here for a second, but James Bradbury has reached polarizing mm-hmm. uh, subject here. Um I mean, it, it's really tough to tell with him. I mean, the, the dead money, it's about like, what, four or five? Um, post-June 1. Post-June yeah. 1. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how does Howie, Howie and, you know, his, his experts there in the front office uh, view that? How, you know, obviously what they, they do in the draft and in free agency can um, sway that. You know, I, I certainly hope that the team would be interested in like a luxurious Sneed type player. Right. Um, but with Bradbury, whether it's, you know, He's approaching his, uh, I believe, age 31 season. We both have birthdays in August. Um, <laughs> we both turned 30 this past August. Okay. Um, when it, I mean, when it comes to him, it's like, do you value him still as a full-time player? Because you're certainly paying him full-time all-pro money coming off that season. Uh, or you do, do you lessen his role, uh, similar to how they, they did this season? Um, I mean, obviously, they've. I think they've got a lot of guys that they – they're not a lot of guys, but I think they like Keely Ringo. Um as they should. I yeah, thought he played well. I, I guess my question would be, how do you think that Bradbury would take being asked to be like the number, the the backup corner on the outside? Is that is that a thing that he would be amenable to? Yeah, I mean, I think he was forced into it this past season. Um, I think it's really just the decision comes down to if they they move on from him or not. Because um, if they do keep him around, I think he is open to that role. I mean, he was obviously forced uh, into that this past season. Um, with Avante, it's just, he has not been healthy over the yeah. past couple of seasons. Um, right before they, they probably signed him, doing his extension was probably his best season in terms of yep. availability. Um, so that one's just it, it, and it's all types of different injuries with him. I mean, the, he going in the Super Bowl, he had the, he had the foot issue this past year it was the pec, um, and and I, I certainly think they need to to restructure that for sure. Um, but I, I'm sorry. Uh, and who was your other ones? And then Goddard. Oh, and Goddard. I, you know, last year I think I kind of went on board of they were going to identify his replacement, and I really don't think they have for, yeah. to a full time capacity. Obviously, Jack Stoling and you know Jalen Trust ja- or Jalen Trust. Um, we know that. Yes, we we know that. Uh, we know Grant's uh, capabilities, and you know I'd argue that neither of them have you know are. are uh, have been willing to, you know, take on that full-time role. We've seen what happens when Goddard is out missing um, from the offense. Um, so, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a loaded question, but I, I think uh, if you had to rank those guys in terms of uh, who's going to be here the longest, hmm. Let me go Dallas. Yeah. Hmm. That next one's a tough one. Maybe Avante and then and then hmm. James. So you think they move on from James? Yeah, I, th- I mean, yeah. I still think that there's there's a lot of value there with Avante Maddox because when he is healthy, I mean, it's been a very repetitive sure. statement, but he is one of the better nickel cornerbacks um, in the league. He brings that uh, tenacity uh, to the defense. Um, over the past couple of years, we've seen how much they ask of the nickel, um, yeah. and 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 just historically, his context is is being a homegrown pick. So. Yeah, I, I, now that contract is like it's it was, not always, well. it was always ripe for restructuring this year. 
no matter basically what was happening. So I'm curious, like nickel is always a very important position these days, but it's also a position where it is not that hard to find like competent play. And so I don't know what his market value would be. I don't know how, what the Eagles will view that as. Yeah, I, I, he is someone who the Eagles really like. Um, you, we're all on board that you can't pay a nickel that amount of money. Uh, so it's just a matter, of, or it's just a matter of is there a number that he's agreeable on, and what the market would be elsewhere. And this is similar to how the Eagles are allowing Hassan Reddick to seek a trade. Um, it's similar in that. You know, you talk to Maddox's camp and, and and you say, and I think Maddox probably understands there's a there's a number that he won't come back that he won't come back on and there's a number they would want him on and what the rest of the league would pay him there. Now, Josh, have you heard of Mr. Beast? I have actually. <laughs> and thoughts on uh how important he is to the reason that there are so many bifurcated streaming options. <laughs> Zach uh, shaking his head. Um, I mean, I think it's important to be in the know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> totally jump on the on the on the Zach train there, but I think I think Zach has a point. <laughs> uh, People want to know your top five and and uh, <laughs> bottom five presidents as well, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll save you uh, I'll save you from having to do that. Uh, in the other studio, uh, where the Philly show was just happening, um, and make sure you're watching the PHLY Philly's got uh, a Philly show and reading our coverage. Uh, they they keep talking about Blake Snow. And I bring this up because among the among your greatest hits, if you will, was uh, following Blake Snell back home to Seattle when you were covering the Rays. And you saw, now Blake Snell was a Cy Young winner in, in San Diego, but when I think of Blake Snell, I think of his Tampa Bay time. And the manager taking, was it Kevin Cash? Taking yep. him out mm-hmm. uh, too soon in the postseason and potentially costing them, right? So I was covering the Dolphins at the time uh, for the Athletic, but... Still covering the Rays okay. because the you know that position, um, you know needed some help and you know I was again covering the Dolphins at the time and when his when he was removed from that that World Series game game six, his dad was calling me from the stadium. Really? Yes. Just really. Livid. <laughs> like a lot of uh, explicit words were said on that call. <laughs> as as I can imagine. So so not to 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 put you in an uncomfortable spot or but. Uh, uh, he is proud. He's the top free agent pitcher available right now. Him and Jordan Montgomery. Um, do you have is 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 there any chance that he could he, that he could be living here in Philly, or is he going to be pitching against the Phillies, or is he going to be in another league altogether? I think there's some slight interest uh, okay. from the Phillies. You know, I I keep it very minimal. Yeah. Um, and I think we saw just recently just how much money they offered Yamamoto, or yep. you right. know, reported to to be exceeding what the Dodgers signed him for. Uh, the thing with Blake, though, that that uh, I am comfortable putting out there is that they have looked into acquiring him the past two trade deadlines. Hmm. So there's some interest there. Uh, he's got a relationship with Kevin Long, the hitting coach, um, and uh, you know we'll, we'll kind of keep like keep it to that. News on the PHLI <laughs> Eagles show. I think the way that the um, the Phillies would want to do it uh, would be on a hot, like a really high average for for a short term deal. You know, as a two-time Cy Young winner, reigning NL Cy Young, I think he's seeking a long-term sure. contract. I don't think the Phillies are, are necessarily there, but I don't know. We'll see. I think I think they're a fourth or a fifth when it comes to uh, ranking his potential destinations. With you know, in terms of likelihood, yes. Okay. With you know, New York obviously being number one, uh, San, and then San Francisco and the, and the Angels. Okay. Bunched in there. Uh, it's but always good, good uh, work by you, Zach, getting that out of yeah, uh, yeah. Josh is a, a wealth of information. Love of Blake Snow, <laughs> but high walk the, rate. I mean, lowest ERA. <laughs> it's extremes on both sides. Far be it for me to give any fashion advice, uh, but don't, I agree. don't don't love the uh, the single digit on a pitcher. Do you agree? Uh, not really. Okay, that's 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 uh, yeah. a sm- small piece of Blake. Snell contribution there. Yeah, I don't mind a single digit. Okay. I mean, when you also when you think of the Having Phillies, being a number seven who led the county in innings pitched, of course, <laughs> you know. From a Phillies perspective, I mean, that deal they gave Nola, it's like, also, you know, Blake's trying to sure he'd, sure. he'd want to be paid higher than that. How does that create dynamics within yeah. the Phillies clubhouse? It's like an AJ Devante situation. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They don't have to be on the field at the same time. Yep. They don't have to share the ball. Sure. Can just I'm take still turns on, taking the ball. I'm still on board with Bo that. If we had to pick one in two years, Devontae. 
cover cover boy for today's uh, show. That's right. Along with Mike Garofolo. Shout out to Mike G. The best in the business. Yeah, boy. All right. Well, shout out to uh, Josh Tolentino. Josh, thank you so much for spending some time with us here in the studios. We can uh, we can all follow you at JCT Sports on Twitter. Is that right? Did yep. I get that right? Pleasure to be here. Uh, and read them at The Inquirer. For all of us here at PHLY, for Julia and Zach and Josh, we thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Back tomorrow, another guest tomorrow. I believe Les Bowen is going to be joining us in studio. So we look forward to that. And uh, we'll talk to you then. As always, we love you. We all silly like the mayor. 